For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. This is the weekly Cardinal-centric specific show that we bring you. My name is Javon J. Love Adams, and as always, I am joined by the man, the anchor. He does his thing, Ed Easy Smith. What is good, man? Man, another week. Excited to sit here and talk about some Cardinals and some different things going on. But, you know, as we creep closer, man, it's uh, football seems like it's coming back. Yeah. Was, yeah, we're trying to get there. We're trying to limp through and get there. So, so my partner, uh, he, you definitely want to listen to what he has to say because not only did he play professional baseball, but he also played in the NFL and also over in NFL Europe. And I always try to recount these. I, 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 I don't write them down because eventually it'll just come like it's, it's <laughs> like second nature, but he played for the Redskins. He played for the Lions. He played for, of course, the Falcons because that's where he went to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, of course. Uh, so Redskins, Lions, uh, Eagles. Yeah, there you go. And I know I always miss quick, one. Well, quick stop in uh, St. Louis with the Rams. Right. And I was with the Browns for a quick minute, too. Now, I always, they don't hear, get no love, I always hear about St. Louis. It ain't for people that look like me and you. It ain't always the is, – is, is that right? It's not the – it's not the most welcoming and accommodating for us, is it? Or eh. is, that, is that a misnomer? I, you know, I spent so little time there because I was actually in camp. Gotcha. Uh, we were at the Western Illinois University for camp, and then by the time we got down for the preseason and everything, it was, you know, it was a little time in the city, but I wasn't there a long time. I've been in and out of it over the years, but, yeah, never gotcha. had any real problems there, if you want. So we want some problems. We're going to start some problems here. We bring you a few different topics. Uh, so this week, what we want to talk about, because camp, training camps, full swing now. Uh, you know, the teams reported on the 28th. And so I want to talk a little bit about in terms of the where the Cardinals are. Um, want to bring talk about one player. We might do this for for the next couple of weeks. Just just kind of bring about one player, and I want to get your thoughts on that person's strengths and weaknesses and what they bring to the team. You know, we can call it the player spotlight. How's that? It's true, something like that. Maybe <laughs> I'll even get some sound, and then we can get something from the players club with Ice Cube. But the, so the player spotlight, so aptly titled. And then I want 
typically this comes out, this, this happens when the scheduler is released because it's easy. If we were on a daily talk show, then it would, okay, well, I know how we're going to feel 30 minutes. We're going to go through and see where the wins and losses are on the schedule. But what I wanted to do since training camp is opening where hope kind of springs eternal. Um, what do you see in terms of the wins and losses for the Cardinals when we look at the schedule and how that, and then maybe we'll revisit it at the end of the, at the end of training camp. Uh, to see if we're still as confident or less confident or wherever we shake out there. So I want to talk about that. And then also, um, when we're talking about the Cardinals, what I wanted to do was just there's there's kind of a random one that I wanted to throw in there and there's something that you have in your show notes there that I wanted to talk about just in terms of maybe um, there are two players in terms of the in, on the defensive end that I, I came across on uh, Cards Wire and on AZ Cardinals that uh, that they're really expecting a lot of big things from. So I definitely wanted to talk about that as well. So let's get right into it. And I think that was the show notes. I think, yeah, sometimes I'm getting older. I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old. <laughs> so let's start with that. We might drop one or two other things on you there. But I want to st- – oh, what a, how can I forget? I want to uh, spotlight on the opponents. So we're looking at – people often say that the division that in which the Cardinals play in is the most – uh, competitive, of course. Three years ago, three seasons ago, they weren't saying that, but the last couple of seasons, of course, things change all the time. So I wanted to focus on the 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 Seahawks this week, and then next week we'll focus on another team and so forth and so on. So I wanted to get your thoughts on the Seahawks. We know that they've made a big move here recently. Uh, does that change anything? And, and of course, we know who they have on their roster. So let's start things off with first. I want to talk about Chandler Jones. So if we're talking about Chandler Jones, we know that it's funny because the the NFL recently, every year around this time, and again, this is if we were on a daily talk show, this this would take up at least two or three days worth of uh, conversation here. But they released their top 100, and it's and it's voted on uh, by by their peers, by by fellow players. And so last year, Chandler Jones didn't even crack the top 100 which seems crazy because Chandler Jones, if nothing else, he has been the model of consistency and played at an extremely high level, not only since he came to the Cardinals, but before when he was on the Patriots. And there was that little bit of hesitation and trepidation when he came because if Bill Belichick is giving up on you, there's something wrong with you, dog. But but of course, he's, he's come through with flying colors. This year, that top 100, he came in at number 15. So how do you go from no respect to being, to having exponentially more respect but your thoughts on Chandler Jones and what you think his strengths and maybe weaknesses are and in, in, in I wanted to get your thoughts on that well you know it's interesting that you, you, you talk about his departure from New England <clears throat> in most instances uh, Bill Belichick he'll leave a player or get rid of them usually around maybe one year early right? two at the most you know Richard Seymour and different people we saw how they departed and but with, with Chandler Jones being so young when he let him go, it was almost like he wasn't bailing early. He just kind of gave up on him, it almost seemed like. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, and maybe it was a situation where he didn't fit his scheme or the personality wasn't right. I don't know. All I know is since he's been here, he's been kind of the anchor of that defense. You know, you see a few people come and go, but, you know, he, he's you know making all pro teams now. Uh, was in the conversation for defensive player of the year. I think it was last year, mm-hmm. um, named to the NFL's all-decade team. So this dude has had a lot 
yeah. in the tank. Yeah. And we've seen it. The I think the biggest disappointment, we haven't surrounded them with more. Yeah. So I want to so, talk about that, maybe take a little bit of a, a slight little tangent. Yeah. But so, of course, since you've been in the locker rooms, how frustrating would that be? Let's say if you think about maybe you, you had gone to, let's say, uh, University of North Carolina, and yeah. came out and you got drafted, and so you're a young buck, and they were building the team around you, but the team never seemed to quite, as we like to say on our radio show, quite curl. Oh, just couldn't quite get it. How frustrating! You're getting paid, but but if you're but if you're coming in every day and you don't know if it's going to be a five and eleven season or if it's going to be an eleven and five season, how frustrating could that be as a player? Well, depending on how he left his meaning, he personally left New England, whether he felt slighted or. Maybe he didn't see eye to eye with Belichick and maybe he felt kind of in, insulted that they let him go and, mm-hmm. you know, he came here. You know, you always want to prove yourself and your self-worth. Um, leaving New England has to be tough for any athlete who enjoys winning, though, and True. structure. True. Then all of a sudden you come to a team like and an organization like the Cardinals, and no offense, but we've been trying to figure it out for some years. You know, yeah. we had to run uh, with the uh, – the, the Super Bowl team a few years ago, but even that team was nine and seven. So we haven't established yeah. like a culture of this is the organization uh, that's on the rise. Hopefully, you know that's changing. But for someone like Chandler, you know Chandler Jones, you get to a location like here, and your obvious goal is, hey, we're going to turn this around, and we're going to do X, and we're going to do Y, and we're going to Z, and this is our goals. And you see, you know, year to year, uh, at least for the last few years, it's been one of those situations, especially two years ago. Uh, when it was like a, it was a dumpster fire for yes. the most part. Yeah. And that can be really frustrating for, like I said, somebody, if you've never known success, then you don't know what success is. Right. When you right. know what success is and you come to a situation like Woo! we've had, yeah. that can be ultimately frustrating. Yeah. But what, to his defense, he's been one of those dudes, man, has just come to work and he's done his job. And it's not just about the paycheck. You can tell certain players are about it. When they're out there on the field, it's it's about whatever they got to do to make it work. And he's obviously been out there because, like I said, you don't uh, over was it the last in four seasons with the Cardinals, he has sixty sacks, mm-hmm. second in franchise history, seventeen forced fumbles. So this dude is out there making it happen. It's just we don't have that talent around him yet. Maybe we're heading in that right direction. Yeah. You know, we'll see. It's going to be a tricky year with everything that's going on with COVID, but. He has definitely been one of the bright spots. And I think what they did last year with bringing T. Sizzle back here, Suggs, they thought with Suggs kind of diminished motor, but with his mental and everything like that, that would be a great gel. just didn't work out. So now you're back to square, I would say, one and a half because you're trying to figure out some pieces around Chandler Jones and you know we'll see what happens. But it's still going to be a work in progress regardless. But he has been one of those shining lights as far as uh, – of the defense. One of the things that I, I, I came across something that was uh, just from around the 26th, it was uh, um, it was on SI.com and so Vance Joseph, the, the defensive coordinator, was quoted as saying that he really, that one of the areas that he thinks that Chandler Jones can improve is, is his run stopping, so the run defense. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, it's it's if there is, I mean, again, you're coming off of a season where you had 19 sacks, and and it's not just the sacks where I think it's the number of how many plays did he impact mm-hmm. because those sack numbers are starting to get so high, and because you're wondering, you're you're wondering, is he how close is he? Is, is he a step and a half away or something along those lines? But Vance Joseph thinks that run defense is one of those areas of opportunity for him. Well, as a, I applaud Vance for bringing that up because you want to motivate. 
your star players, you want to keep them motivated. If you give them something, especially put it out in public, that they need to work on, uh, a true uh, master of their uh, uh, craft, Mm -hmm. they're going to go out there and try to improve on that and do it. One of the things I will say with Chandler Jones being so successful in this with the sack numbers and what does that mean? You're going to get extra attention from the opposing players. So now you're going to get more double teams, uh, which means in in essence, as a – defensive coordinator a couple things you have to do you have to get more creative and ways to free him up scheming you know looping whatever you're going to do and you also have to surround him with better talent because if they they can consistently double him and you know the the thing about you know people think when football the offensive line comes to the line scrimmage you got the defensive guys around there and it's just a straight push everybody gets all you know there's so much that is schematics of, you know, how you get guys to shift at the last minute or you create uh, fake double, you know, you'll have somebody slant in and somebody loop around. These are all different things that he also has to help his star player uh, be able to free himself up through the scheme so they don't always always know where he is so they can double team and get to those next levels and stuff like that. So along with it, Chandler improving, maybe getting a little uh, larger in the tail, you know, meaning anchor a little more. They also have to help him by scheming and having more talent around him so they can make it a little tough, tough, excuse me, tougher for the offenses to know where he is and zero in on him. Now, I want to make this still stay on the defensive side of the ball, but make that transition. I mentioned that there was a little bit of a wild card and, and that based upon azcardinals.com and so some of their, their writers there that if there was a rebound season or rebound seasons, seasons that need to, that need to, uh, uh, take place that Patrick Peterson and Alfred, um, and Robert Alfred, uh, need to be two of those that need to, to, to rebound. We know that Alfred, I believe he broke his leg, uh, last season and, you know, was having a decent training camp in those likes. And we know about Patrick Peterson. Would you, do you agree or disagree with both of those players on the, on the back end of the defense really needing to rebound in that way? Well, we all know with with Patrick Peterson, this is this is one of those times where we're really going to find out what he's made of. Yeah. After the last couple of seasons, uh, you know, obviously, I'm not going to say he quit on the team, but he was asking for a trade a couple of years ago, and then you have the PED suspension. Uh, he's know. one of those dudes where everything could be good, everything is good, and then something goes a little whack and a little a little astray, a little askew. And you wonder if he's going to do what he did, you know, the last two seasons, if that's going to happen again. You, he, you know what? If in a, oh, did give not, it to well, me. I know no, you got no. something in mind. I was, <laughs> when you, I, I, I'm not going. He's very sensitive. <laughs> very sensitive. Meaning, right, right. He, you know, he's one of those dudes that you know, me and you, we we know each other. You like my brother. You can say something to me, and I'm like, and sometimes like when we first met each other, right, right. You say something to me, and I'm like. Wow, I was like say to myself, we are really getting to know each other because you know we could talk the way we want to talk. Right, right. And now it's like second nature to us. But but you know people and you have friends in your life that you know you can't talk a certain way too because you might hurt their feelings. This is true. And then they either go in the shell or your friendship is jeopardized. And Patrick seems to be that kind of dude. It's like as long as everything is great and everybody's praising him and you know he is, you know he's out there and he's got the little turtleneck thing on and, you know and the shield on the glass you know yeah. and he but then when he when you meet adversity sometime yeah and everybody's not praising you and talking so great about you yeah you like I said one or two things can happen you can either you know 
man up and, you know, hey, take it on and be like, look, I'm going to prove them all wrong. Or you kind of go in that cell, I don't really want to be here, trade me. You know, yeah. and I'm not not throwing shade at Patrick because Patrick is one heck of an athlete. Right. I wish I had half his athleticism now. I was a great athlete <laughs> back in the day. Right, right. But, you know, and he means a lot to this organization. It's just that this is a year where it's going to be, you got to go out there and show me, man. And I mean for 16, and that means no but no but hurt feelings and all that kind of stuff. We need you now more than ever. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all, all plays out. As far as Alfred, I mean, he's another cog in the wheel. Uh, I think he has to, you know who I'm really interested to see? And that was Buda Baker. Buda has some signs last year. Okay. But that dude was like, I was like, who is that dude? I mean, you know. One game in particular, I think it was the first the game against uh, San Fran when they came in here. Yeah. He was all over the place. And I'm interested to see if we can get that Buddha for 13 to 14 games this year. Mm. That could be, you know, and then you get Patrick doing his thing. Right. That could be a great combination. It could mean a whole lot to this uh, defense. So when it comes to the defense, we know that when the we're going to be, and this is believing the Arizona Cardinals, by the way, that they're going to be facing a lot of tough competition within their own division. The uh, what the NFC West has been talked about being one of the toughest divisions in 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 football in the National Football League. When you side note, when you were playing, did you call it the NFL? Did you call it the National Football League? Because I always hear players, former players, they they always refer to it as the National Football League as opposed to the NFL. I'm just curious, is it you know, is it Tomato, tomato. We used to just call it the league. Okay. Yeah, it was. You know, not, I'm not too many dudes. You know, the NFL or National Football League. It just seems so, football, so professional okay. when you say the National. Okay, football I'll give you, give you the example here. Okay. My given name is Edward Martin Smith the Third. Right. Okay. I go by Ed, and I can also be called Eddie. You know, so right. it's like the, the when you call it the National Football League, that's like prim and proper. <laughs> right. Right. You break it down to the NFL. That's like calling me Ed. When you go Eddie on me, eh, that's the league, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks, we know that they're going to definitely be playing the Seahawks. Of course, they're playing uh, play the Rams, and we know that they're, of course, going to be playing the 49ers. But let's talk about – I want to talk about the Seahawks just for a minute. Um, the last few seasons, so starting with 2016 all the way through 2019, I'll just give you their, give you their record and where they finished uh, in the NFC West. So – 10, 5, and 1, finished first. 2017, 9, 7, 9 and 7, finished second. 2018, they finished 10 and 6, finished second. 2019, they finished 11, five, 11 and 5, and they finished second. So we know that recently they had a big addition, uh, so added a safety to the mix. To people are trying to call it the Legion of Boom 2.0, mm-hmm. whatever. But they added a very high-level safety in Jamal Adams. And then we know that they have Russell Wilson, um, your thoughts on at least coming into this uncertain time with the Seattle with the with the Seattle Seahawks? We know that they're all about Russell Wilson and putting everything on his shoulders because their offensive lines have often been kind of paper thin. And it's amazing what they're able to do with that lack of an offensive line. And with the Cardinals, when they've had halfway decent offensive lines, still can really muster anything. But your thoughts on the Seattle Seahawks um, as they currently stand? Man, they every single year I think, okay, this is the year they're going to fall back, you know, uh, maybe have one of those subpar seasons, but you just ran off the record. And it's almost like you can pencil in, pencil them in for a minimum of nine wins every season. 
And that's, you know, it, that's a, a credit to Russell Wilson because they obviously, with the, the a few years ago, was all about the defense. And like you said, the leads in the boom. And then one by one, all those players just went away. Yet, the yes. one consistent thing every year, they're right there. And I give all the credit in the world to uh, Pete Carroll. Uh, looks like a great players coach. Uh, would have loved to have played for somebody like him. Uh, he understands the game of football and understands his players. And then Russell Wilson, man, you talk, I always joke like you can't make flank steak taste like filet mignon. He does. I tell you what, he is, it might not be filet mignon, but it's a ribeye or something like that. Or one of the <laughs> right. tomahawk steaks that, that, you, that you got that one time. And I, you know? still, and I made it, and I, yeah. I probably made it taste like a flank steak. <laughs> <laughs> but they do, they, they, it seems like every year they do so much with so little. Right. I mean, you every year you know you talk about their their running game. You know, other than Marshawn Lynch over the last bunch of years, you couldn't you run down the list of running backs they've had, and it's like who, you know. But yet they you know they they get it done on the ground. Uh, Russell, I, th- I think he's one of the best deep ball throwers, and I'm not saying arm strength down the field. I'm talking about how many times you watch him just lollipop yeah. one over the top and it just happens to fall right into you know in the coverage right over coverage and like that he's got a great touch of the ball right and then you throw his uh, elusiveness in and he's not what i call a great runner he's a very effective runner where he knows if i need six i'm gonna get six and a half and i'm getting down i've seen that happen so many times so many times cardinals so yeah many times. he just yeah. squeaks out of there and he's not a dude that's going to take any hits or anything like that that dude sees the sticks, he gets to him, and it's like, boop, he's down. He got the first down, he's right up, and you're we're on to the next, you know, right, next right. move. And I'm, you know, just what they've done. Uh, like I said, you t- run down the list of what they lost defensively. Yeah, every year they're still there, and I think it's going to be another one of those uh, cases this year. You know, and they would they go out and they do make the trade. Uh, it's going to make the defense stronger. Uh, but like I said, I, I never count them out when it comes to be at least being in the mix. But We'll see what we'll see what it looks like. The Cardinals always have their hands full within this division, and Seattle is definitely going to be a, a contender to, to deal with. I wonder this though. It makes me think of the. I probably should have given more thought to the to the better analogy, but if we can cross sports a little bit, and you think of that that player that's always been maybe from his second year, maybe for crossing sports in the NBA, that maybe after his rookie season they saw, but but from second year on. He's always been, everything was on him. So he always mm-hmm. took the shots and always had to do that. So then maybe if you bring in help, he's still taking all the shots because that's what he's always had to do. Allen so, Iverson? Could be, but I, I think Iverson was born taking shots. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but to that point, though, so along those lines, what I wonder is that is because Russell Wilson is always probably expecting the line to break down, do you think that, let's say the line is improved, mm-hmm. let's just say. Probably won't be, but let's just say it is. Do you think that he'll still be inclined to want to scramble before he should? Meaning that he has that, it's been ingrained in him that I, I need to almost run for my life oftentimes and keep my eyes down the field and do that. Can that happen to a player? If you're shell-shocked. I, I okay. think, you know, we uh, was it the, the one Dakar brother who was in uh, oh, yeah, um, Houston? Yes. I think it was. And he yes. wasn't a runner. But he was running for his dear life. This dude, I felt bad for him. Right. Every time he dropped back, it was like, oh, you know. And after a while, he, I mean, he, you didn't even have to be near him. He already had the happy feet and was right. just, you know. With Russell, Russell's he's, he's more of an escape artist. And like I said, doesn't mind if he's going to get sacked. You're going to have to put two hands on him and just touch him. He's not going to be taking those big hits 
and stuff like that. And then he lives to fight another day, even when he gets out, scrambles and stuff like that. So if you got him more cover, or, um, uh, more protection, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that would just make him that much more comfortable in the pocket. And he wouldn't necessarily he'll, – he'd be the first one to tell you, I don't like scrambling. I do it out of necessity. But if he didn't have to, he's the type of quarterback that wouldn't. He would sit in the pocket as much as he possibly could and just throw the ball down the field. Now, one of the other things we have to throw the, the caveat in there. Okay. Because Russell is height challenged. Yes. A little height challenged. Right. Right. We got that experience here. Yes, yes. Arizona yes, as well a little yes, bit. Yes, Sometimes it's not scrambling to escape pressure. It's scrambling sometimes to find your window. To find, right. Because okay. somebody like a Brady and those dudes, they just sit, you watch them. Brady will sit back there and he's just eyeballing. Sometimes Russell, and for people who are just, everybody, obviously everybody's listening to us. I'm sitting here demonstrating yeah, like they can yeah. see us. But for quarterbacks like Russell, sometimes they got to be on the move down here low because they're trying to find that window. Right. So, you know, that, and, and, you know, that comes with uh, some of the challenges of being not tall in stature. But like I said, he uses it to the best of his ability. And I think that's something Kyler Murray's going to eventually de- develop as well. Staying in the pocket, ducking and diving, finding the window, getting the ball out, and not always just hitting the escape uh, button or the, the eject button too soon. Almost like Drew Brees, because Drew Brees is known to get up on his tippy toes. Tippy toes, I'm like, how does he throw that ball like that? He's literally standing there. And you got not here, bro. Not just tippy toes, neck arches and everything. <laughs> like he's trying, like he's trying to see on top of the refrigerator. He just can't. But you don't want to get that ladder. You want to see if you can see without that ladder. But boy, he'd be stretching it out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so speaking of stretching it out, let's let's see what your thoughts are initially. Your first thoughts are on on the on the record for the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I talked to my oldest son. And for those who listen, and I have two sons. I have one that is uh, is eighteen, and the another that is thirteen. They're both about to have birthdays coming up here. I'm getting old, <laughs> but my oldest he thinks ten wins. I look at him. I say, son, I think you that Kool Aid. I thought it was red. And those who listen and know when I say red, but I thought it was red Kool Aid <laughs> you was drinking. Not that. Not that Kool Aid from the Cardinals. But uh, I'm thinking five and eleven or seven and nine. Um, I don't know what you're thinking in terms of the the record, so I, I'll kind of give you. Here's, I think they're they lose both to Seattle. I know they have that week eight bye, and of course we injuries happen. This is the caveat that asterisk. We never know where where uh, another team is injured. I think they're they'll probably win three in a row from Washington, Detroit, and Carolina, but then after that, lose three in a row, win against Miami, uh, and then. Win against the Giants. I don't. I have them losing, really every game to to their division. I don't know what your thoughts on that. It, there's some that could go either way, but um, I think I had them losing. Yeah, I had them losing to the winning in Miami. So yeah. So your thoughts on the the? Because I don't know if and if it is another five and eleven. The the coach is on the hot seat, right? Well, you know, here's the thing. Everybody's going to get somewhat. Uh, uh, a, a pass okay. for the situation with COVID. You know, you're missing an entire offseason. Um, and everybody's on the same boat, but you didn't have a chance to develop some of your talent over your offseason, evaluate it, et cetera, et cetera. So you got to put that asterisk on top of the season, even from the very beginning. Right. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm right there, which I'm looking at the schedule, and, you know, you got Eagles and Rams 
and Patriots on the schedule this year. You have your division, which is ultimately, in my opinion, the toughest in the league. And I don't think you go winless against your division. I think you can squeak one or so out there. But I hope so. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to remember, you're playing defending NFC champions in your division. You got the Rams, who were in the Super Bowl two years ago. You got the Seattle Seahawks, who we just talked about, who's always there. You know, yes. So minus some slip-ups there, I mean, that could be six L's on your record right there, like you said, or maybe one in five in the division, whatever it is. Yeah. And then, you know, even you know, you bring up Miami, and Miami's an improving team, bro. They yeah. looked really good last year. I was a little stuck on trying yeah. whether or not just just looking ahead and thinking whether or not they could beat Miami. Here, here's my thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right there with you in the window of five to seven wins. But for me, it's not the win-loss win record, to a certain degree, is going to be irrelevant for me. It's not the scores of the games. It's how you compete what you look like, whether you're prepared, and whether you got some fight in you, if you got some dog in you. A couple years ago, what we talked about all the time. It always seemed like they were giving up. Giving up. I mean, they came out that year with Wilkes as the head coach. Yeah. Man, it was rough, bro. I mean, it was – I mean, they literally – there were a couple times like, did they even care, you know? Right. But last year we saw some games against San Francisco, against Seattle Rams, where they were in the game either leading at half and just couldn't – Kate, go give it to me, bro. You get it cut, get curl, right? Yeah, just get the curl. And we, you know, we faltered down the end. What I want to see now is that same competitiveness, that you know, some fire from the defense, the the preparedness, and staying in these games. If we win five or six and we look great in loss, which you know you can't look great in loss, but yeah. you look good in your effort, you know that type of thing. That's what I'm like. Look, it's the the, the it's, it's heading upward. Right. We go out there. And you getting shelled, and you know dudes look like they don't care, and it's it's a laughing stock. That's when I'm, that's when coaches the seat starts to get a little hot underneath them. But if you got your like a, like, and this is prime example, Miami. Everybody thought they were a laughing stock last year you know, to start the season. Yeah. Them dudes were playing, yeah. And every week it was like, wow, you know. Then they go into my they go into New England at the last game of the season. They beat Brady and them. When, took their, when they needed to have when they needed game. the win to yeah. have that home field and that bye for the first round, they were, they weren't going. To, so you could tell that that culture is already starting to be built there, and that's what you're looking for, and that's what I love to see from the Cardinals. Not necessarily doesn't have to always be W's, but man, if you look good and show me signs that this is like the future, then I'm all down. There we go. Yeah. So, yes, so this has been Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. We do this every week. We bring it to you. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. And so on behalf of the one and only Edward Martin. I'll just do it off the air when I clown you. But uh, so Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. And so we'll catch you all next week. And like I always like to say, are you can. Until next week, be easy out there. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.